lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin, and he is Aaron McIntyre. We have a jam-packed show lined up for you today. We will return to what back in the day was one of my favorite series of books, and they are back after a several-year layover, at least several years of me not knowing that they were still making them or not. Uh, Looking at the politically incorrect guide to pandemics, we will get to that at the bottom of this hour. Theology Thursday will continue looking at my most recent book, Do What You Believe or You Won't Be Free to Believe It Much Longer. So that's coming up next hour. And then we will have three non-political questions. So we have a lot to get to today. So let's get right to it with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by How You Govern, How You Win. Ron DeSantis in Florida made a big announcement this morning. And so when you flagrantly violate your oath of office, when you make yourself above the law, uh, you have violated your duty. Uh, You have neglected your duty and you are displaying a lack of competence uh, to be able to perform those duties. And so today we are suspending State Attorney Andrew Warren, effective immediately. Andrew Warren is a George Soros-backed 13th Circuit State Attorney for Florida. Warren has a long track record of abusing and ignoring Florida law, including not prosecuting violent criminals, not enforcing Florida's ban on baby killing past a certain point, and has said he will not enforce any law banning so-called gender-affirming surgery for children. Warren is just one of many prosecutors and district attorneys around the country back by left-wing billionaire nihilist George Soros. As if that wasn't good enough, DeSantis turned heads yesterday during a press conference where he addressed multiple issues. One of the things that they're trying to do is they talk about these very young kids getting gender-affirming care. They don't tell you what that is, is they're actually giving very young girls double mastectomies. They want to castrate these young boys. That's wrong. And so we've stood up and said, both from the health and children well-being perspective, you know, you don't disfigure 10, 12, 13-year-old kids uh, based on gender dysphoria. 80% of it resolves anyways by the time they get older. So why would you be doing this? I think these doctors need to get sued for what's happening. I'm sorry. They would shame people for even leaving their house in a- April, May 2020, and you can't do it. And so, you know, Some people wanted to bury loved ones. They wanted to do this. And the, the argument people were making is, well, wait a minute. I can look at the risk of COVID, and it's something that I, I'm willing to accept because these things mean more to me, to be able to bury a loved one or to be able to do things with my family. And, and the public health uh, established, oh, no, no, you can't make that kind of cost-benefit analysis. Then when the George Floyd riots were happening, they actually wrote a letter with thousands of these people signing it saying, we do not believe that rioting and protesting is, a, is uh, bad for COVID, that you can do it. Go ahead. Because we think it's so important that you have to do it. And then they said, but this doesn't mean we support all protests. If you're protesting lockdown policies or other things, then you can't do that. And that's when I knew these people are a bunch of frauds. Moving on, Joe Biden yesterday signed an executive order which aims to provide funding to women to travel out of state to kill their babies if they want. Here is Joe Biden who tested positive for COVID yet again yesterday in isolation wearing an N95 mask because... 
Checking in on Australia, where over 96% of the adult population has been fully jabbed and another 70% boosted. This chart from Ian Miller shows Australia has set a new record for deaths with COVID. Senator Rand Paul yesterday hosted a hearing on gain-of-function research featuring a few virologists with impressive credentials. Senator Josh Hawley was a part of the hearing and asked Dr. Stephen Quay, a decorated biologist, about his concerns regarding gain-of-function research. Well, I think I testified here that, they, that on, in December 2019, they were doing synthetic biology on a cloning vector of the Nipah virus, which is 60% lethal. We just experienced a 1% lethal virus. Uh, my estimates would be that that could set us back a millennium. Um, the, the Black Plague was a 20% lethal event, and it was 250 years for civilization to return. Move on! Nothing to see here! Please disperse! Nothing to see here! Please! The Senate voted yesterday to admit Sweden and Finland to NATO. The measure passed 95 to 1 with only Josh Hawley of Missouri voting no. Groomer update, here's a story that's gone viral. A female teacher in Tom Bell, Texas, received only 60 days in prison for her rape of a boy, one of her students. Reports say the sexual abuse of the boy started when he was just 12 and lasted for three years. The teacher admitted she started grooming the child while playing the video game Fortnite. And now meet Gays Against Groomers. Here's that group's founder, Jamie Michelle, on OAN. What's happening now would make, you know, I think Joseph Mengele... Uh, I believe that was his name, you know, the Nazi doctor. Um, he, you know, this puts him to shame. They are, they are basically using an entire generation of children as lab rats for this sick ideology. Um, and they're full steam ahead with it. And, and they see us as a definite roadblock um, and a threat to that. They're still counting ballots in Arizona for Tuesday's primary elections. That place is an abject mess, but it appears Carrie Lake has all but wrapped up the GOP gubernatorial nomination. She joined Charlie Kirk's show to discuss the moment we're living in in the United States. I am all about bringing this party together. We are in a culture war right now. Yes. Our children are in the crosshairs of the left and we will not let them take our babies. They're not gonna take our children's minds and poison our future. And so we're gonna do big things for Arizona. I wanna bring people together today and, and every day moving forward. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee. My name is Chris Smitherson and I'm unvaccinated. Ever since Omicron hit, I, I just felt so alone. I feel so left out since all my vaccinated friends have COVID. Every time I see my vaccinated friends all hanging out inside, wearing masks because they all have COVID, I really start to regret my decision not to get the jab. Sometimes I fake a sneeze just to feel included, but they can tell I'm healthy. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Keeps. Gentlemen, if you're a little sensitive about your premature hair loss or you're preventative uh, and you're hoping that that never happens to you. Either way, whether it is preventing hair loss, stimulating hair growth, or just taking better care of your hair, Keeps has you covered. K-E-E-P-S is how it is spelled for those of you that went to public school. That's how you spell keeps. Uh, they give you the same doctor-recommended hair loss treatments, but they give you the generic version, so you save a ton of money there. They make it all convenient in that it's all done online. It's discreet, too, so you can keep it on the down low. And they give you a big discount to get you started, half off your first order. When you go to keeps.com slash grow, that's K-E-E-P-S for keeps.com slash grow. Coming up in the overtime today, 
we are going to discuss gays against groomers. Is this a trustworthy alliance here that could be made? And I'm actually going to make the case that the answer is yes. And here's why. If people are really born this way and it's unchangeable, why would there have to be any grooming? Anybody? You're correct, sir. Any thoughts? Lady Gaga would like a word. Is this on? Uh, Bueller? Am I hot here? Can you guys hear me? I mean, seriously, I mean, if people are born this way and it's immutable and nothing can be done about it, then, then why, why do they have to be groomed? You see the number who identify this way in the last decade has gone up like 4,000%. Indeed. Rapidly mutating gene, apparently. Wuhan luck, baby. A lot of that going around these days, we've noticed, right? So we'll get into that in the overtime today for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. I mean, again, this would seem like, um, you know, J.K. Rowling. This is the deduction that she made. Hey, I'm pro I'm pro, you know, gay. But if people, if, if gender's a construct, then wait a minute, doesn't that mean nobody's actually gay? So then what am I pro? Right. right. That, that's the mental math that she did here. That's exactly I, what I'm she simply, did. I, I'm simply just doing the same math. If everybody, if people are born this way and it's immutable and it cannot be changed, then why would anybody have to be groomed? It would seem to me that a lot of the people that helped to make homosexuality mainstream in America with the argument that people are born this way, such as Lady Gaga and her hit number one song, I would think that they would be vehemently against advertising this to young children. I mean, as heterosexuals, we don't ask kindergartners and first grade teachers to show our kids deep throat, do we? Let's groom them into heteroness. We don't, we don't do that. No, we don't send them Debbie does Dallas 14 and say, Hey, we start grooming the second graders to be straight. Do we do that? No, to my knowledge. No, but I've been told Obi-Wan Kenobi's gay now. Indeed. So I, I I mean, do, do you believe your own propaganda or not? We'll get into that in the overtime today. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. Again, that is BlazeTV.com slash Dace. That's where you can watch it later today. If you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, we will record it right after the show here for you. And that's where you can go if you're not one to become one today at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. All right. So let us get to a couple of other things to highlight in the montage. I, I want to, I know I told you guys there were two things I wanted to make sure we, we, we spent our time on, but I got to take a detour and mention Australia again. Remember, this is their seasonality now. They are south of the equator, so it is winter there. So what is the benign, innocent explanation for why Australia has its highest rate of COVID deaths and COVID hospitalizations ever, right now, despite all the jabbing that's gone on there, all the lockdowns and masking? They, they followed... What Ron DeSantis called Fauciism when he endorsed our book last year, Todd. They followed Fauciism to a T. They followed the playbook all the way. Rounded up the Aborigines and everything. They did it all, man. They did it all. And now they're sitting with their worst COVID outbreak that they've had as a nation ever. What is 
the benign, innocent explanation for this. Spoiler alert, there's not one. There isn't one. There's just a series of not benign and uninnocent explanations that take you anywhere from, eh, it was just a terrible strategy, and this clearly proves that it failed, don't ever do it again, to... It's working, and it's all part of the plan. But those are the only two explanations. There is no other one. There is no other one. They either wrecked their natural immunity by locking down, so they had so little levels of natural immunity within the culture, and then by the time they opened everything back up, they got strains that we can't vaccinate against anymore, and so they're vaccinating against strains that do not exist and are extinct, and so there's no efficacy on top of a lack of natural immunity. In other words, they followed a plan that was a complete failure stem to stern. That, that's your best case scenario if you're in Australia, is that your entire body politic are morons. Idiots. The greatest mismanagement of a crisis in your nation's history. We do get emails from people in Australia, so I know a few of you are listening. That is your best case scenario. The other case, it's all part of the plan. That's the other case, the the depopulation plan. So this is working swimmingly. Speaking of countries that actually did not follow the protocol, we put Sweden in NATO yesterday. So, so we know where Sweden is now. I mean, I was, uh, I, I, I was reliably informed by everyone smart in 2020. Sweden, rectum barely knew them. Don't know what a Sweden is. Didn't I? Never heard of it. Never heard of the place. Never seen it on a map. No such country as Sweden. What are you talking about, Sweden? What is this? What fresh hell is this place? What is this place? Dolph Lundgren was born in Montana. Who knows what the hell a Sweden is? Right? 2020, no one knew what a Sweden was. Apparently, they just disappeared for a year. I know what happened. They were invaded by Vladimir Putin in 2020 with their badass resistance military. They broke free, and we have honored them for that accomplishment by bestowing upon them the designation of NATO member. Is that what happened here? How do you explain the sudden disappearance and then radical reappearance of a nation of over 11 million people? How is this possible? Science. That's what it is. I got it. Is that the answer nowadays? Science Science is the answer to everything. It was science. Science made Sweden disappear. It's gone. And now suddenly Sweden is back and it didn't even have to get sawed in half, folks. How you like them apples? That's the next show in Vegas. It's called... Sweden. They make a whole country disappear. Chris Angel makes the whole country disappear. And then there's pyrotechnics and whammo. Sweden's back. Don't panic. It didn't go anywhere. We didn't hurt anybody. And a good magician never reveals their tricks. Let's get to the two things I did tell you that we wanted to address on the show today. <laughs> um, let's, 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 Let's start with Rand Paul's hearing yesterday. In reality, and, and, you, and you might stop a few bad judicial appointments, what Rand Paul is doing 
and the fact you might stop a few bad judicial appointments is really the only reason to vote for your Republican congressman or senator to be in a majority this year. That's really the only reason. I mean, that's that. many of you are going to vote for other reasons. You're pissed about gas price inflation. They're not going to do anything about that. Not like nothing. Spending, tax, no, 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 nothing. Nothing. No. But really, the if you're if you're not just you know throwing a tantrum, which I respect, frankly, um, but if 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 you want to be intellectually honest with yourself, the only reasonable thing you can expect that will produce good fruit from giving Republicans majorities in Congress this fall will be the possibility of stopping a few bad judicial appointments, and I'm not saying that's not insignificant. And what Rand Paul is doing right now. And when I express optimism on this front, it is not because I have any optimism in the Republican Party at all. This was the whole argument we had about Andrew Cuomo last year. When I was trying to convince you guys he was gone, not because I still believed in justice, but because I don't. <laughs> Right. And you guys were confident that I still could not just let go of con the conventional wisdoms that have guided me. And I kept trying to explain to you, no, you guys don't understand. Everybody else that wants his job is black and gay. He's gone, guys. He's gone. I mean, they don't need a straight white guy with a pierced nipple. He's gone. Everybody else that wants his job is black and gay. He'll be gone. Your crazy voices won the day on yeah, that one. It wasn't sure. it wasn't because of any justice or any anything else. It was just simply um, the cynicism of watching. So I, I, I actually came up with the same answer I would have come up several year, come up with several years ago just for dramatically different reasons. Because a few years ago, I would have said, well, I mean, they just can't sustain this. He's too unpopular. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> sure. Okay. Standards, accountability, Maricopa County's on the line. Um, no, that wasn't why they had to get rid of him. It's because he was a straight white guy and there were um, women, blacks, and, and gays that wanted his gig. So he's got to go. And people that were unwomen, black and gay simultaneously while being pansexually vegan. So he clearly just had to go, right? This is why I have optimism that, that we'll get something tangible on Fauci and the origin of the virus with Republicans in charge next year. It has nothing to do with, I, I think Rand Paul is altruistic to a degree, sure, okay? But I don't think as a party, political party, I mean... Still, as the data continues to accumulate, it's Ron Johnson and nobody else in Washington, in the U.S. Senate, not even Rand Paul, speaking out about the dangers of these jabs. Not even Rand's doing that, right? He's quiet on that. This is just straight-up cynicism. I know that you know. Do this in your best Eddie Murphy as Norton voice. Norton, I know that you know and you know that I know. That they are going to monkeypox you on all of the issues you're actually the most pissed about and will vote for them on this fall. Correct? Correct. You guys know it. We know it. You know we know it. And we know that you know that you know it. Right? So let's just go ahead, zip up your drawers and stop urinating on each other and pretending that it's raining here. All right, let's not, let's, we're all discriminating and, dis and consenting adults here. Let's just be honest about the transaction that is about to take place. Not a damn thing.
is what they will do about most of the reasons you're going to be voting. On January 6th, prisoners, the border, uh, gas, inflate, not a damn thing. What are they going to do if we give them power? Not a damn thing uh, is the answer, actually. Vote GOP, first Tuesday in November. Not a damn thing. But they also know that there's all this... <clears throat> Pardon me. Conservative media... There's all this conservative media out there that gets a lot of clicks and has a lot of followers and it's their voters and they can't just sit here from January when they take over to the end of the year doing nothing because that would force a lot of the other people that work in this place called conservative media. We got to talk about something, right? We got we to talk about something like the, the Washington Examiner, which is GOP.com. I mean, Byron York and all those guys over there can't write, you know, we, we'll be sitting here in April headlines, GOP not doing anything again. They, they, they can't just keep writing those stories, right? They're paid stenographers for Mitch McConnell and team GOP. They, they can't just keep writing those stories. Although at this rate, the, the Republicans may screw themselves out of a Senate majority. So McConnell may get me off the hook again. <laughs> All right. The House, they're going to have to run in the House. McCarthy won't be off the hook. So let's just stick with him. They're going to have to run the House, at least. And they can't just sit there and like, eh, Republicans cave again. I mean, Hannity's going to be smoking during the live show. All right. Not just during commercial breaks when you catch him with the cancer stick in his mouth and you're back from break. Like, Hannity's going to be like, all right, where's Kathy Barnett? I mean, they got to give them something. They have to throw something out there for their shills to talk about. They have to give them something. Something. And they'll they'll give him the 80-year-old guy who's basically turned himself into a partisan, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, Anthony Fauci. He's basically a construct of the Democratic Party, self-induced at this point. He's 80 on his way out. Everybody knows it. Um, cockroaches are more popular with the Republican base. Yeah, uh, more popular with the Republican base than Anthony Fauci is. So that's who they're going to throw overboard. Now, they won't give us the hanging that we, we deserve, but they will give us something to keep us occupied, to patronize us. They'll give us something. Give the little people, give them their Fauci idol and let them stick pins in it for a while and curse it. You know, we'll be over here cutting our K Street deals and you guys can talk about that. And and that gave Hannity something to lie about, you know, with Lindsey Graham that we're getting to the bottom of it. That's what they're going to do. But there will be some value in it. Because we're already learning things based on what Rand Paul's hearing showed yesterday that we didn't even know. Right. And that will be what you will get. That will be your reward for voting GOP. Because unfortunately, Ron DeSantis isn't the Speaker of the House, isn't going to be Senate Majority Leader, isn't going to be President. For a second, let me just pause for just a second. Can you imagine a national campaign where we would come here every day during 2024? 
and literally it's just fire up the 1812 overture. It's like, it's like missile command when we were kids, you know, on the Atari and all the missiles are coming down and you're like moving, trying to, you know, blow them all up. And it's just Moabs and mushroom clouds and haymakers. And we're not tweeting drain the swamp or press releasing it. We're doing it. We're actually firing people, not making Chris Ray. Antifa's just an idea. My FBI director. We're actually not just tweeting war. We're not just press releasing war. We're like waging it. And the body count accumulates. And then some days when you want to update your soundtrack, you go to Metallica's Kill Em All. And it's just glorious to watch. And just every day watching Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg, whoever the Democrat nominee is in 2024, just watching them just get absolutely torched on a daily basis. And by and by, like Labor Day, you're like screaming at Ron DeSantis as your nominee. Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. Who am I kidding? Hit him again! Hit him again! Can you only imagine what that would be like every day in a national campaign? Pardon me. Grandma. 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 Sorry, I had to talk myself down. Um, Instead, we'll get that about every fifth day, which will still be better than nothing. And the other four days will be, count my followers. I have been, I've been besmirched. I am offended. He said something mean about me. And here's my running mate, Elise Stefanik. Gentlemen, your thoughts. He's Captain America, man. I mean, that scene, I can't remember specifically which movie it is, but when the general played by the now departed William Hurt is talking about what a problem Captain America is, and he says, I'm not asking for forgiveness, and I'm all done asking for permission or something like that. He's just Captain America. I mean, my, go- my goodness, he should be walking out on his... With the, with the shield these days because he's simply, he's worthy. That's it. And to be worthy, what does that require? Steve's making that point in a different way. It's not, it's not just words. It's not just memos. Being a man is not a leisure pursuit. This guy goes to war daily on the behalf of everybody everybody the, the, those of you you uh, that's right we're, we we us who are just ungrateful living the lives we live here and ungrateful in that we aren't willing to do our part as citizens he is he's winning wins for you that you can't possibly comprehend and that's a problem because you need to comprehend them because that's the whole point of this thing called the united states You're not serfs. You're not vassals. He's trying to wake you up. And if he does, that's the revolution. That's the victory. If you wake up and join him, game over. It's Captain America going into the the very first movie when he walks into wherever they were 
by himself and a couple of other dudes like this seems cool let's do this and he comes back with everybody and everything changes that's the thing down in florida everything is changing it's real it's not a mirage you just have to decide what side you're on and what time it is one refrain that Trump also uh, often invokes in his campaign rallies and rallies around the country is the reason why they attack me, the reason they hate me, is not really because of me. It's it's you. Amen. It's they. It's it's you. He's it's right you and that. me. They cannot stand. Yep. Donald Trump is like the icon on your desktop. I've said this before. The icon that you double click on to open up the program isn't the actual program. It's just a shortcut to the program. That's what Donald Trump is. My fear is, guys, whether it's the Fauci uh, gain of function, getting to the bottom of, of the origin of coronavirus, the truth is so bad, the system will not allow actually, actually looking into this. It's that Vanity Fair article from last year. That Vanity Fair article talking about the early days of the pandemic and mm -hmm. looking into the origins of the virus. And there were multiple sources saying, oh, that's a can of worms you don't want to open up. My fear is this as well. When you have a disciplined version of Donald Trump, a disciplined on-message affirmative action, not that sort of affirmative action, but affirmative acting version of Donald Trump, which is what you have in Ron DeSantis... System going to allow that either? System going to tolerate that either? That's my fear. Well said. We'll come back to Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics next. So obviously, uh, the Biden recession is now upon us. And traditionally, uh, when we've had governments debase their currency, their economies, that has been when we've seen uh, ancient commodities like gold and silver shine as hedges against government intrusion on your wealth. And we're seeing that again right now. But maybe you're thinking, yeah, I've never gotten involved in this before. I'm not really sure how to do it. Contact our friends over at Bullion Max. They'll get you started on their silver starter kit that they'll give to you at employee pricing. They can't give it to you any more inexpensive than that. You'll get it at employee pricing. If you just go to bullionmax.com slash Steve, and the kit includes five of the most desirable silver products to invest in, including the Silver American Eagle and more, uh, go to bullionmax.com slash Steve, bullionmax.com slash Steve. The name of the book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. Stephen Mosier is the author. He joins us here now on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Stephen, uh, Steve Dace here. Good to have you with us, brother. How are you? Steve, uh, you have an easy to remember name. I do. Steve I do. I, I, cannot, I cannot get your first name wrong either because you have an easy to remember <laughs> name for me. So thank you. Um, let's, let's start with... Uh, an easy question that might be that will take less time to answer. What exactly have we been told about this in the last 20 going on 28 months now? That was actually true. Oh boy. 
Uh, you know, that's usually the uh, reverse of the question that I get asked. And, and what did we get wrong is an endless list. You know, I had I wrote an article about uh, uh, five Fauci's five fatal errors. I could have put down 10 or 15, Steve. It would have been easy. Uh, what we got right uh, is nothing. Uh, we got the origin wrong. Uh, we got the release wrong. We followed uh, China down the primrose path of lockdowns. Uh, we locked down ourselves. We got the school closing wrong. But, I mean, I can't think of anything we got right. We should have treated this like uh, an ordinary airborne respiratory virus, which we call the flu. Uh, we should have treated this like a serious flu season. Instead, we did everything wrong. The only country that did everything right was Sweden, hmm. curiously enough. And Sweden was just hammered. By the EU bureaucrats, they were hammered by the Germans and the French and the Brits, who all said oh, the Swedes are all going to die because they didn't. Uh, they, they, what they did was they protected the vulnerable and the immune compromised and let everybody else get on with their business. They kept the schools open. They didn't do social distancing. They didn't do masking. And guess what? Uh, they have among the lowest infection and death rates in all of Europe. And why did they do it that way? Because the head of the public health service there refused to be stampeded, refused to follow China down the primrose path and the, into lockdowns, and, and simply said, I'm going to follow the protocol uh, for a highly infectious airborne respiratory disease that has been laid out uh, for decades, and, uh, and he did it, and he did the right thing. Uh, everyone else fell for a Chinese PSYOP, a psychological operation, to convince us that this was the second coming of the Spanish flu, and the only solution was for us to go into complete lockdown for weeks or months on end. Uh, they sold that idea to Dr. Anthony Fauci and Dr. Deborah Burks, who in turn sold that idea to the president. And we've all been living through pandemic hell for the last two and a half years as a result. Mm. I said here throughout much of 2020, looking at Sweden's approach and the data coming out of it, and asking a lot of questions, including people that I knew that were friends of mine working in the Trump White House at the time. And basically, Stephen, what I was told was Sweden, what is it? Um, Rectum barely knew. I've never heard of a Sweden. So I was stunned to read yesterday that we admitted this country that literally disappeared from the earth in 2020. I was stunned to learn that they have magically now reappeared and have been admitted to NATO. Do you know where Sweden went here the last couple of years um, and where they disappeared to? <laughs> that, that, that's hilarious. Um, Sweden, uh, wonderful country. Uh, I've been to 60 countries around the world, never been to Sweden, but it's certainly at the top of my list right now because I want to personally congratulate uh, the Swedes on handling this thing correctly. We had a wonderful study in late 2020 out of the Swedish Health Service, and, and this was brilliant because it compared Sweden and Finland. Finland went down the lockdown primrose path. They, they closed the schools. They denied their kids a year or two of in-person in education. Uh, kids will be suffering as a result for the rest of their lives. And, and so it was a perfectly controlled experiment between Sweden, which did, did everything right, and Finland, which did everything wrong. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, teachers didn't get infected and die in large numbers. Uh, the students didn't get infected and die in large numbers. Uh, the, the, the results were, were almost uh, identical between the two countries. One, which destroyed their economy, Finland, uh, traumatized the kids, uh, left a third of the population, especially those living in the urban suburbs, you know, permanently, permanently afraid of their neighbors, <laughs> you know, even after the, the pandemic is over. Uh, they don't want to get close to people. They don't want to shake hands. They don't want to smile. They don't want to hug. Uh, so it's changed, you know, the way that we interact with our fellows. Um, so, so Sweden, uh, hats off to Sweden. 
Stephen Mosier is with us, author of The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. One of the things that has been, and you mentioned the, 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 the memory holding of Sweden, the castigating, the shunning of Sweden. From the very beginning here, Stephen, what we've observed on our show is there could be no control groups. Okay, because that would ultimately provide us accountability of what measures work and which ones do not. And so uh, when they when they couldn't shame Sweden into getting on board, they just memory hold it, acted like it didn't exist. We can't have actual random controlled studies on masks. Um, Well, we actually do. We we did dozens of them from the Spanish flu until about uh, April of 2020 and then miraculously just stopped doing them when they told us for 70 years they don't work. Uh, Instead, we have masks with crash test dummies to show that they work because you know, crash test dummies are completely immovable objects and perfectly simulate the human exhaling and inhaling breathing experience. So we couldn't have random control studies on masks because that would give us a control group. And now, of course, everybody, whether they had natural immunity or not, we had to abandon the precepts of a traditional vaccination program, which is first we figure out who's got antibodies and has natural immunity so we can then get to herd immunity faster by vaccinating those who don't have those. We abandoned that entire premise. And, and now every Everybody has to get it no matter what age group, no matter your history, no control groups, because if we have control groups, Stephen, we're going to end up with data like what you've got going on in Australia right now. They're in the midst of their seasonality because they're south of the equator. It's winter down there. They have the highest COVID death rate, the highest COVID vaccination rate they have ever had. Over 96% of Australian adults have received at least two doses of the magic potion. And and they also followed all of Fauciism and, and, and the Chinese PSYOP, as you mentioned, with lockdowns, one of the the worst lockdowns, not in Shanghai, China, occurred in Australia, New Zealand. They followed it all to a T, and they're getting decimated by COVID right now to the point that the best thing you can say is that their leaders followed this plan, uh, took natural immunity away from their population, and then just kept injecting them with a vaccine for an extinct variant of the virus. And so it has waning, if any, efficacy at all. And that's the best you could say is they just mismanaged this. All the other explanations get far more sinister. And yet they followed this program to a T. Why aren't we reporting on what's going on in Australia right now? Well, we should be. And every time every health service, and whether it be Australia, New Zealand, or Scotland, or, or Ireland... Uh, starts finding out that people who've been vaccinated are not only getting sick in higher numbers, uh, they're being admitted to the hospital in higher numbers. They're getting serious cases of COVID in higher numbers, and they actually may be dying uh, in higher numbers than the unvaccinated. Uh, All of that data gets swept under the rug. All of that data actually gets taken off the Internet. British Health Service is the best example. Every time the data began showing that vaccinations were working against the public health, they started taking down the data, hiding the data. Why why are they going to these these extraordinary lengths? I mean, I understand that the big pharma companies have made $100 billion in profits from the vaccines. I understand the profit motive. I understand that Dr. Anthony Fauci, who was funding gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, uh, doesn't want us to talk about the fact that uh, this virus was created in the lab using techniques that he helped to teach uh, the Chinese scientists to, to do, and that it was spread around the world deliberately by the Chinese Communist Party. That makes him look really, really bad, doesn't it? But I don't understand why public health officials around the world have been hiding the data. Uh, They refuse to collect the data. And when they do collect the data and it puts the vaccine in a bad light, they they hide the data. Uh, Everybody's paying the price for the failure of these institutions, one after the the other, collapsing like dominoes, right? The Mm -hmm. CDC, the FDA, the big hospital systems. I mean, uh, if I were a hospital administrator and I were offered... 
$39,000 for every person with COVID who died in my hospital. I, I can see how that would be a financial inducement, but I can't understand why doctors who didn't who saw this happening haven't come out in droves, not just one or two, to be punished and drummed out of the medical profession. Why aren't all the doctors, or at least a majority of them, speaking out against this travesty? It's gone on far too long. Uh, the PSYOP from China was amazingly successful. They first hid the virus, right, until it became an epidemic in China. Then they spread it around the world deliberately by allowing plane loads of human disease vectors to go to Milan, Italy, Madrid, Spain, and to places like, uh, well, Sydney, Australia, and New York City, and Los Angeles. Then when the pandemic was global, uh, they went into lockdown, and they claimed that their lockdowns had been a phenomenal success, that they had reduced the death rates by early April. They were chortling and laughing over the fact that there were fewer people dying in all of China of the coronavirus than were dying in New York City under, under Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, and that was absolutely a falsehood. I think more people have died in China of the coronavirus than the rest of the world. But uh, leave that aside. Everybody fell for the lockdown story. And we've been paying a price ever since. Since when have we ever locked down everybody in their homes for uh, a respiratory virus? And you mentioned natural immunity. I, I write about the Spanish flu. We stopped the Spanish flu when about 30% of the population had contracted it and had natural immunity. That's when it stopped spreading throughout the population because the virus simply couldn't find enough uh, you know, vulnerable hosts to continue spreading. Um, so... What happened to natural immunity? I got the flu in uh, the, the coronavirus, the Wu flu, <laughs> in February. The Wu flu in February of 2020. Uh, hey, I was sick for a couple of weeks. It was a serious flu. But, you know, I recovered. And after that, I have natural immunity, robust natural immunity, that Dr. Anthony Fauci was privately admitting to Zeke Emanuel, who was President Obama's health advisor. He was privately saying to Zeke, you know, Zeke, if this thing behaves like every other virus, uh, we're going to have robust natural immunity forever. Publicly, he was saying uh, he stopped talking about natural immunity, uh, and he wanted everybody to get the jab over and over and over again. Hmm. I've got about two minutes here. It sounds like you're a little skeptical that bats that nest 900 kilometers away from Wuhan, China, traveled all that way because just some particular mammalia in the Wuhan wet markets there were just so tasty that they travailed 900 kilometers as limited travel animals in order to uh, feast and then defecate uh, into these mam uh, mammalias in the wet market and cause this virus uh, that is uh, th in this remote location that is one of the most densely populated cities in China, uh, one of the most densely populated countries in the world that contains not one, not two, but three weapons, bi former bioweapons labs, now called exploratory laboratories. Sounds like you're a little skeptical that this virus is of natural origin, given that chain of events I just laid out for you. Yeah, China is the great breeding ground of pandemics. And the Chinese Communist Party uh, hid the Asian flu in 1958 until it became a pandemic and killed a million people. Uh, they hid the Hong Kong flu in 1967-68 until it became a pandemic and killed a million people. They tried to hide the SARS-1 coronavirus back in 2002-2003. They silenced whistleblowers. They covered it up. They failed to tell the World Health Organization. And finally, 
fortunately, the Canadian intelligence services found out through wire transmissions that there was a dangerous epidemic spreading in China, a coronavirus, and we called the Chinese to account. You know what they said then in 2003, Steve? They said uh, a foreign agent has released a bioweapon in China. That was back in 2003 with the SARS-1 coronavirus. The only thing different about this SARS-2 coronavirus is that they engineered it in the lab. But once again, they deliberately released it on the world. And, you know, if they they, they, they did it once, uh, they'll do it again, especially if they don't pay any price for having killed millions and caused trillions of dollars in economic damage. We have to hold them accountable. Name of the book, well said, Stephen Mosier, uh, is the author, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. It was a pleasure having you with us, uh, Stephen. Good luck with the book, brother. Take care. God bless. Thank you. God bless you. All right, you bet. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Public SQ. Americans are discovering that if we want to change the country, we got to change the way the marketplace works, try to create alternative or parallel economies as best we can, uh, use our money to fund businesses that uh, can offer just as good of a product without using uh, that product to then, and those profits that we give them for that product, to then turn around and try to destroy our values with them. And that's where Public SQ comes in. It stands for Public Square. Uh, it is the app you can download if uh, you've got an Android in your Google Play Store, if you've got an iPhone in your Apple App Store. Uh, They're expanding now nationwide. And uh, you can find out, hey, I'm traveling to this place. I want to make sure, are there restaurants or any place else where I can go and give my money to businesses that believe in the same things I do? And then at the same time, you can also find out how to get to your business listed there for free. Just download the app today, Public SQ, available at Google Play and the Apple App Store. Public SQ, again, that's Public SQ. Thoughts on the conversation we just had with Stephen Mosier? Well, A, it's really striking to me how much of what you just talked about we've known for a very long time and how much we wrote about it in our own book, which was released going on a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. it, which, And knowing it all that time, the level of coverage in mainstream media on all of the topics that we just brought off collectively has probably been less than the, the amount of time spent on whether we should spring Brittany Griner out of a Russian prison. And I'm not even kidding. That's a problem. Yeah, I mean, when we have our bread and circuses, how much appetite is left over for, for stuff like this? Answer, as we've shown, you know, not talking about our base and people who tend to agree with with uh, folks like like us who are listening right now. But outside of that, uh, Wuhan, I barely know him. I, I just there's no real it's not even top of mind. I don't think I think it's maybe a curiosity if it even enters the mainstream at all. And I think maybe the most interesting part of what um, Stephen Mosher just went through there. All of the times, this is not a new thing to the CCP, all of the times they've tried to cover up epidemics until they've, and, and successfully so, until they've become pandemics. It's a little bit, um, a little bit concerning, yes. That's a little bit of a liability, I think, in our relations with China going forward. At least in a sane society, it would be. We'll come back. Theology Thursday is coming your way next year to start off hour two. Stay tuned.
Greetings. Back with Hour 2. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. And then there's all of you. And you can let us know who you are and what you think about what we think by emailing the show. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, TikTok, and Instagram. You can also find me on Trump's Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there. And then you can also look for clips of the show that are free of any censorship and free to watch when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Once more, that's rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. We want to thank again all of you who are podcast listeners to the show. Thanks for being a big part of the audience and the growth of the show. We appreciate you so much. Please, we would ask uh, if you've yet to do this, show your appreciation for us. Hit subscribe or follow on your podcast platform. Leave us a five-star review, and if you've got a question uh, that you'd like to, us to consider in our next Ask Me Anything, put it, embed it there inside your five-star review, and you'll go to the front of the line for consideration for the next Ask Me Anything here on the show. Thanks to all of you that have left us, thousands of you that have left us five-star reviews. We appreciate you so much. This part of the show, Theology Thursday, brought to you by Raycon. I actually got to use my Raycon earbuds. I, I finally have a pair that my kids did not gank for me. And I was reminded, I, I just have never used a pair of earbuds, at least I, I'm not sure, you know, the ones that, you know, we can actually can't afford how good they are, but the stuff that's actually in our price range, I've just never used uh, earbuds that cancel out noise better than these two. Uh, and I've got weirdly shaped ears. Okay. And, and so finding uh, the earbud that fits in there comfortably, Again, not an issue with Raycons whatsoever. Um, if you want to give Raycons a shot and see why they're one of the most popular, if not the most popular earbud brand out there with thousands of five-star reviews, eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of battery life with one charge. All right, check them out. And when I say thousands, by the way, Almost 50,000 five-star reviews for Raycons right now. Almost 50,000. So uh, get 15% off your Raycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N as in Nancy. Maybe I could have cho chosen a different end there. Uh, buyraycon.com slash Steve. Buyraycon.com slash Steve. Get 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Steve. Let's get to it. Theology Thursday, and we are going through my most recent book, Do What You Believe or You Won't Be Free to Believe It Much Longer. Todd, you've been kind of leading the conversation since you're the one that came up with the study questions uh, or the group questions at the end of each chapter. And the title of this chapter is There's No Going Back. And it is chapter seven. And it's placed here almost as if to say, and you can say if that's why you did it or not, after reading the first six chapters and the introduction to a book titled, Do What You Believe, and here's the important part, or you won't be free to believe it much longer, this might be the point in the book where everybody's starting to hedge their bets. Are you, are you really sure, Steve? Because I got 18 to golf or something like that. And here's the point where you say, no, this is, this is why. And this is about... COVID, and that is why there's no going back. It is tell it is the shibboleth telling us it's not possible. Whatever illusions you still have to have of six chapters, we're going to take them out to the field and put a bullet in them right now. So to that end, Steve, <laughs> question one. That was that was a deft touch. Yes, thank you. Tom. You're welcome. That's yes. why I'm here. Do you agree that there is no going back to a pre-COVID world? 
that, quote, getting back to normal, end quote, isn't possible or even desirable in some respects. Why or why not? Uh, the answer is yes. And the main reason why is because the other side of this conversation that we're having or cold civil war that we're having in the West has no intention of permitting that. Has no intention of permitting that. I mean, literally within hours. I mean, within hours. After Imperial College came out with the original doomsday model, they came out with a supplemental paper saying it was time to enact what amounts to a Green New Deal to take advantage of this moment. While, while the West is shut down, now is the time to usher in, well, a, a great reset. Okay? I mean, the, the most influential ideological body in the West is the World Economic Forum. I mean, it's, it's the old Council on Foreign Relations on steroids. Anybody who's anybody within elite circles of various sectors of culture belongs to it or is friendly with it. Their main agenda item, guys, for goodness sakes, is called the Great Reset, okay? So you're not going to be permitted to go back to pre-COVID Western life by them anyway. They're not going to permit that anyway. We actually cannot permit ourselves to do that. And, and when I say that, it's not, let's not go back to the freedom and liberty and prosperity that we got to used to, or used to be able to take for granted. That's not what we mean. What we mean is the complacency that existed within our ranks that allowed them to, con to, to conclude their long march through the institutions. So they had all these institutions. They had them all teed up, ready to go. They just had to sound their shofar, their demonic one. They just had to flip a switch. And then suddenly every institution just instantly got into line. So you agree with my assertion that normal is what got us here? Uh, yes. The normal of... of Believing we could take for granted that freedom, that liberty and prosperity and convenience and that ours would somehow not be a generation that would be tasked with preserving it and passing it on as every previous generation was given that task. And, and we had a reminder of this on 9-11. We had a reminder of this on 9-11 that there are elements in the world, in this fallen world, that hate the idea of human flourishing like that. Hate it. Detest it. The problem was, our response to it was, let's get, you know, uh, everybody keep, you know, shopping at Walmart, your big box stores, and we'll do this like video game war. And it won't, like there won't be like an actual mobilized effort. Isn't it amazing in hindsight, especially since COVID happened, how non-galvanizing 9-11 was? What a great it, term. That, 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 that's really a, the, the perfect term, non-galvanizing. It did nothing. It did nothing in the end. And it's because our leaders basically said, we'll handle it. You guys live your lives. Otherwise, the terrorists will win. Okay. So the idea of anything that would galvanize us into a long-term conflict, uh, I would like to think it was just, you know, insufferable incompetence and laziness. On second thought, if they had galvanized us into that kind of an into that kind of an enterprise, probably about three or four months into you know subduing Afghanistan, we all would have been asking questions like, well, "What are we still doing here? What's the point of this? Like 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 when's VA Day? Victory over Afghanistan Day? When's the parade? You know what I'm saying? We just stay here forever? When's when's VI Day? Victory over Iraq or Vic, v, VS? Victory over Saddam? What are we doing? You see, if if we were all involved in this down to the molecular, granular, town-to-town -to -town level of, you know, like what you saw, for example, in World War II, 
we would then be invested in getting to an outcome collectively. Right. The idea that they could just have a perpetual war warfare out here, a perpetual war machine, just, you know, calling up the National Guards. We're not even drafting people, right? It's already people that are already enlisted. Mm-hmm. They, they made that as non-interrupting um, of a war as they possibly could. And at the time, we thought... Hey, we thought, thank you for doing that so we can go out and live our lives. And in hindsight now, don't you think they probably did that so that we would not hold them accountable, that we would not ask questions, we would not be involved, we would not be wondering what the objective is here, what are we doing here? We would just, since it was out of sight, out of mind, cut the checks to the defense contractors and the Pentagon, and we just keep doing this thing and circling the strain for EVs, right? No questions asked, okay? So our generation does not have a galvanizing moment. It does not have one. And on, on the other side of this cultural debate, they've, they've been looking for a galvanizing moment. They've been prepping for it. And COVID arrives, switch, hit the switch. And every institution just goes right in, uh, right in line. So they won't let us go back to normal because they want to destroy that normal. We can't go back to what we defined as normal, which is there's no cost for this freedom, liberty, prosperity, and convenience. No cost to be paid. And it will just be through osmosis, magically passed on without any actual threats from inside or out to it that we have to confront in our time. We can't go back to that normal either. Question two. What is the most important thing COVID taught you about the state of the American church and the faith of your fellow Christians, both locally and nationally? And quite frankly, I dare you to do better in answering this question than what you tweeted out a couple days ago, whereas the church willfully, in many cases, did not meet the monkeypox orgy church insists on continuing to I was actually going to just, that was going to be my answer. That's all you need to know, okay? They don't, the, 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 the gay bathhouse orgies in San Francisco will go on. I mean, we're we're uh, we're two months past Pride now, and your post Pride rainbow jihad orgies and festivals, monkeypox super spreader events, will go on. I mean, they were they were going on during COVID. They won't compromise their religion or shut down their churches for a virus that they're actually spreading. Like we will. For a virus, we actually were not. And that tells you all that you need to know. And that, that tells you all you need to know right there. Every, you saw, really, where your particular... Because one of the things we love to do is say stuff like, I know that Congress is corrupt, but my congressman's great. I know the schools indoctrinate, but our school's great. I mean, we love that. All right? That's a lie, by the way. A lie. I'm not saying that there's not some schools in America that don't do this, but the idea that all of you belong to a school that doesn't do this while all the rest of them do is a fallacy. You're lying to yourself. It's self-delusion. And so what all of us got to see is you, all of you got to see where your particular church that you call home, that you give your time, talent, and treasure to as a tithe, you got to see where it truly stands. You got a trial run. When it goes down, when it really goes down, you got to see who, was, who would ankle grab into perpetuity for the spirit of the age and who would not. Black Road Regiment, not so much. Not so much. You got to see. You got to see. And 
that's 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 one of the things about the church that I go to. Would I would I wish it was it was more strident on this or tougher on that? Yeah, but here's what I can also tell you though. When a lot of you around the country were sending me emails months into this thing, spiritually just dying inside without your church, your church body, sending me emails and notes about my recovery group, um, you know, my, my brother's recovery group, my friend's recovery group at the church doesn't meet anymore. They're back on drugs or they committed suicide with their addiction, right? When that toll that was taken in 2020, our church aggressively sought to reopen. Because to me, that's your ultimate litmus test of where your ministry stands. They showed you. In the end, you know a tree by its fruit. You cannot serve two masters. And if your church was not looking to aggressively push getting back into meeting, they showed you, in the end, who their true master is, no matter how many Bible verses they quote, or how much and how or how slamming the praise team is. Question three. Have you been personally attacked yet in the name of the spirit of the age? If so, how did you respond? If not, why do you think that is? Are you smart? Are you lucky? Or perhaps has your witness against lies, propaganda, and blasphemy not been strong enough to worry about attacking? <laughs> I like this question because of the timing of it. I had a conversation with a, a buddy of mine uh, who's very tied in, not Mark Meckler, the guy who runs it, but somebody else who's very tied in with the leadership at the Convention of States yesterday. And he was telling me, we are suddenly, it's like we didn't exist for years. And now there's all these hit pieces out there. And he listed off several other corporate uh, left-wing legacy media that are working on hit pieces against them. You know what my reaction to him was when he told me this? Congratulations. You have arrived. You are over the target. Use it to your advantage. You should be branding off of that, right? Yeah. Um, because what's the, but because and I said this to him, I said, what's the, the key criticism of the convention of states from our own, some of our own people is, well, <clears throat> the other side will like hijack it. They've hijacked everything else. They have nothing literally, like nothing literally left to hijack, right? Okay, but... That argument notwithstanding, one good, one sure way to, to push back against it is to say, if they wanted to hijack this thing, why are they trying to destroy us? If they didn't think this thing could be used as a weapon to mm -hmm. undo all the damage they have wrought for decades, they would they would just be quiet and let us get this thing passed and then hi and show up to hijack it. Why why are they trying to kill us now before we reach critical mass? Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. But that goes to your point. I don't think if, you can be a Christian in this age and not be personally attacked. I, I was attacked. just going to say that. Personally, not right generically as a Christian. Personally, yes. what are you doing? I, I agree. If, there, if, if you've lost nothing, your Lord lost his life for you. Gave up his life willingly for you. And not just in any fashion, man. In arguably the worst form of torture leading to capital punishment that's ever been devised in the history of humanity. It is certainly on the list. He endured that for you. 
You can't take, I got fired from my job for him. You can't take, Aunt Petunia shook her six chins at me at Thanksgiving. You can't take that. I mean, I'm at the point now, I've lost so many friends, people. It happens so often. I mean, I was telling you guys just a few weeks ago, one of my best friends for 20 years just totally turned on me. And I'm, I'm at this point, I'm like bulletproof. I'm like, don't I'm, don't, I'm not a Vulcan. I'm like personally disappointed, but I like it. It's Wednesday, man, at this point. I mean, it, it's happened so often to me. I just don't even, you know, it, I, I, I don't sweat it at all anymore. I just move on. I just, I assume it's a cost of doing business, right? It's, you know, it's like being a coal miner. Ah, why is all this soot on my face? Well, I mean, it's the job, dude. Okay. So, um, what have, what have we been willing to give up for our Lord who gave up everything for us? What have we been willing to suffer for our Lord who suffered everything for us? Because I promise you, he's asking a lot less of us, whatever it is. And no matter how terrible it may be, a lot less than getting scourged to the point that the membrane under your skin was fully exposed all over your body. And then having nails driven through that sensitive membrane of your body. As thorns dig into your skull and you bleed from the head. And you're put and nailed to a tree and put in the hot sun on a hill to bake and asphyxiate for hours. I don't know. They were called some nasty names, Steve. And I I just... Because here's the thing, and here's the other thing, too, I can tell you. I've had this happen to me so many times, but you know what I've also had happen to me so many times? I've met better friends. I've had better, I've had better people come into my life. I mean, we, we really like the small group we're in right now. We didn't know any of these people like three months ago. They just came to us out of the blue. They were like, hey, you know, God just put us, put you guys on our heart. Obviously, you got a tough gig. We'd love to have you at our small group, man, if you want to join. That's how we got involved. That kind of stuff's happened to me a lot. And I can get, I can, I, I can get down, as you may have noticed. But it just seems like when I'm really at the black pill point, I'll get an email or 12 from you guys in the audience. Hey, thank you for this. You really encouraged me and everything on that. So friends, family, jobs, they come and they go, Hobbs, they come and they go. But the Lord does not leave you nor forsake you. We just too often leave and forsake him. Number four, who have you gained the most respect for in cultural and political circles in recent years since COVID? Who have you lost the most respect for since COVID? Are the reasons related to each other? Why or why not? People I have gained the most respect for are actually people that on a scores of other issues, I may completely and perhaps irredeemably disagree, but have shown a willingness to do something that we frankly don't show much of a willingness to do. I mean, even within my own audience, I mean, I still have some of you that are like, if you say anything mean about Trump, I'll not subscribe. I, have you listened to this show like for 30 seconds? I mean, what, 
maybe I'm not communicating things properly. I don't know where I would have ever given anybody a vibe that that will work with me. I just always tell you guys, just cancel now. I mean, don't pay us for another year and just to be pissed off and then, to, you know, save money. It's the let's go brand in economy. You can't afford to just sit around waiting to cancel. Cancel it now. Don't wait. Get your money back now. Don't let us charge you again. I, I, but the idea that there's a certain uh, idol of yours, I, I, people will email me, um, what, 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 my name's Karen. What do you have a problem with the name Karen? Did we go on the air and say Karen Smith in Dayton, Ohio is terrible? Did we do that? No. No. So then why do you care? Some A, a serial killer is named Steve. I don't sit there and think, oh, man, just that's going to reflect poorly on me. You know why? Because I wasn't the killer, dude. So I don't give a flat blank what his name is. It wasn't me. So I don't care. Why? Boomers and I'm a boomer. Okay. I think Generation Xers are losers. You might be right. I don't know. I know a lot of Gen Xers, and frankly, a lot of them are losers. Anyway, cool. I mean, I work 17 hours a day, so I know you're not talking about me, so I don't need to get offended. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't understand any of this. I just don't. And I think this is where, I, I mentioned this before, being raised in a home where you were not permitted any level of this, um, uh, this level of comfort, in associations where on a given day, your dad could come home and say, kids, we're going to Sizzler, like Kadeem Hardison and White Men Can't Jump. And then the next day, kids, you're the Sizzler. And you're like, what'd I do, pops? Growing up like that, you just kind of learn not to rely on being comfortable and with people and associations where you, you never knew really, really stood and anything can set the old man off, right? I just got really comfortable with like, I guess I don't, I don't have to please you and I'm not even going to try anymore because... I don't even know. I don't. I wouldn't even know what would do it, right? So I'll just not try. And once you give up feeling like you have to perpetually please your old man, you kind of give up feeling like I got to perpetually please, frankly, any of y'all because I don't care. These guys will tell you, I don't care. I mean, I really don't care. There is nothing you could threaten me with. There is nothing you could t- come at me with, withhold from me, and say I'm out if you say or do this that will stop me from saying and doing that. Only if I think saying and doing that would be wrong and not true. That's what will stop it. But nothing you threaten me with, because I don't care. I've, I'm, I, I mean, I got betrayed by my own dad. I got betrayed by so many friends and other members of and other people I know. I'm, I'm betray proof. I don't care. I'm not even. I'm not here to please you. I don't care. I'm here to tell you the truth. It doesn't, it doesn't say affirmations be told over my shoulder. It says truth be told. All that matters is not whether you're affirmed or offended. All that matters is if it's true. If it's true, then that's a you problem. If you're affirmed or offended, also a you problem. If it's not true, then it's my problem. So that's what I'm accountable for, telling you the truth. And I just think too many people want to belong to all these ancillary groups and associations and you should, more of you should try going to 11 different schools, K through 12. And then when you get to be older, you realize none of that stuff's really important belonging to like any groups or associations. So I just, I don't care. And I think as, a, as, as more of our people need to feel this way. I have one association, two associations that matter. Uh, the association with my Lord and then my wife and kids if I have them. Any other association is transit. You know what? What's the word of the day? Transitory. Like Biden inflation, any other association is transitory. Why the hell do you care if Karen has become a mocked name because you're named Karen? Are you driving a Subaru? Do you have a coexist bumper sticker on your car? Yes. Then I'm glad we're insulting you. We're trying. If you're, that's not you, 
Why do you care? Man, I've marched in every mar- pro-life march. I've done everything I can do. Why do you insult boomers who don't who let the who lost the culture war? Did you lose it? Like, didn't you just tell me you're out there fighting it? Then why are you offended? If you didn't lose it, why are you offended? Like, I don't care. Why would you? I, none of that matters, man. And there's way too many people on our own side that still get worked up about that stuff. You've got no chance at all up against what we're up against if you need petted on that level. Like none. I promise you, you don't. No shot. Because they are only driven by associations like this. And cultically, you'll never cult, you'll never identity politic them more. You'll never cult them more. You can't beat them that way. I have the exact same answer to this, and this is was my problem when you mentioned uh, earlier this week about the the letter about we say you too much and not us. Mm-hmm. Well, which, is, which is true, we do. But it's like, uh, do we need to be my? You you say we're great. This is why we read. We answer your questions. We interested in what you have to say all of the time. But like you don't need to be threatened if it doesn't apply to you. And part of that came back about it was specifically about me. Like, do, you, do you do that all the time? I think that. Yeah, I do. I'm alone at school board meetings. I'm transferring my kids to a different school and paying the price. I I am doing that. And that's what I I absolutely do resent the fact that I have to stand on a lot of walls alone while a lot of people stand there and they they even, especially the ones that I know agree with me, but just won't pay any price at all. You bet I've got issues over the last two and a half years over those people. You bet I do. There we you agree. Go. I, we agree. We agree. There you go. Last one. Number five. Good way to wrap it up. What is the most important gospel testimony you think you have to offer in light of the last two and a half years in COVID to someone who may be open to hearing it for the very first time? Your, for me, my willingness to stand against, I think everyone has to answer this individually in their own life. For me, my willingness to risk everything that, um, I've spent the last 11 years with my investors trying to build to get to this point um, because I was very confident in what I was researching, what I was seeing, and what I was learning and, and didn't hedge our bets on it at all and just trusted that in the end, God would reward that. And he has. And... I think one of I think it was Schaefer who once wrote, "Your God is too small." Our our God is a gambler, okay, and he loves the big payout. He'd rather win a hand with Deuce Seven offsuit than pocket aces, Because the better the odds, the bigger the odds, the more likely he gets is the one that gets the credit for it because there's no other way this could have happened other than him, right? And, and that's what I, would, I think I would share with a lot of you listening. Go all in. Gamble on your 
father. Gamble on your creator. It's your favorite story. You haven't, or one of yours, you haven't told it in a while, but what does God tell uh, his, uh, his people when their backs against the wall at the Red Sea? Stand still. Yes. And he speak, and through Moses, Moses says to them, stand still and wait for the salvation of the Lord. Something incredible is about to happen, right? Yeah. And I, I think we don't see that a lot because we kind of just want something typical to happen. Not something incredible to happen. Back to normal, perhaps, like you started so back, this So back to full circle, yeah. And I think we're too, we want too much conventional wisdom and too many things that are typical. And I think, I think God's into things that are incredible, like just at the moment, it seemed like it could never happen. And we'd be with this for the rest of our lives. Bang, we just woke up, Roe versus Wade was gone. Just gone. And, and frankly, several justices who had betrayed us on far easier things, far easier and more politically expedient things to hold the line on that, I mean, how big of, was, was Amy Coney Barrett prior to Roe, arguably the greatest disappointment of, of the recent era? And what we had seen from her, and what we expected from her, it was, she it certainly was, would be on the list. Trending in that direction, and, yeah. and then and 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 then suddenly, bam, Roe v. Wade gone. That's a that's a God thing, man. Gamble on God more. Go all in. Put all your chips in Love more. It. Do that more. He likes to pay out. So I just saw that interest mortgage rates are now under 5% again for the first time since April. I mean, this is nuts. I mean, these rates are all over the place. A ton of uncertainty going on in the market right now. Folks, that is why it is more important than ever. If you have to get into the real estate market or you've realized I need to stop subsidizing this communist state I live in and get the hell out, uh, whichever the case may be, make sure you've got a real estate agent you can trust to help you navigate this process stem to stern. It's not an automatic to come by. And and even with a great agent, and ours was so great that uh, I've recommended him to people like Aaron and other people I care about, and uh, I've, I've done other business with him on the side over the years. That's how good he was for us. It was still a stressful process though, right? I mean, we're not saying real estate agents who make it easy. That's not the name of the site, is it? Is that the name? No, yeah. it's real estate agents I trust. It is a stressful process. And that's why you want to make sure you can have somebody that uh, you can trust to get you all the way to the finish line. Check out the website. We've got thousands of real estate agents waiting in line to be verified, to be included in the database there at realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. It's time for three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on The Steve Day Show. Three non-political questions, hopefully, with the intent and execution of getting our minds off the decline and fall of Western Civ for just a few moments. We begin with question number one. For whatever reason, I, I like parsing or uh, exploring definitions 
of words or the definition of words and thinking about them a little bit more thoughtfully, maybe. This first one. You're a hot time on a Saturday night, brother. You know it. <laughs> uh, question number one. Is arrogance ever a good thing? Is it possible to have a healthy arrogance? And most definitions of the word arrogance or arrogant is an outsized view of one's status or ability. Then I would say no. If we're going with that definition, then I would say no. Um, because if you just tie it back to what I was just saying in the last segment, you know, uh, put more money on your God, put more money on, on, on your heavenly father, gamble more on him. Um, that is an, that is a display of confidence in him and his capabilities and not my own. Right. Right. So, I mean, if you're an atheist or if you worship a false God, um, you may think that that would come across as arrogance. Right. Right. But in this case, do I have an outsized view of myself? No, I've, if anything, I've got an outsized view of Mm -hmm. someone else, not me, my God. Right. So I would then say, if we're going with that definition, then no, there is no healthy amount of that according to that definition of the term. I'm glad you provided it because I wanted to know the definition. And as soon as you said outsized, you were, uh, that I knew I was going to answer the same as Steve. Uh, but what this doesn't mean, and this tells nicely what I, I had my little mini rant last segment, you know, I, in order to make you feel better, I don't need to put my light under a bushel basket either. Correct. That, and so it's, it's not outsized to read the room and say, no one else is going to do this. I guess I'll do it. You, you don't get to resent me for that. Like, you'll be called sometimes arrogant, self-righteous because you seek to follow God's will. Yeah. Now, I can be incorrect about what God's will is. I could be imprecise about following it as much as I claim. Mm -hmm. I could even be hypocritical about trying to follow it at all. All true. But if I am genuinely trying to follow a being outside of my own wills, will... Let me tell you what At I cannot be. Cost. Yeah, yes. Let me tell you what I cannot possibly be then. Self-righteously arrogant. I can be a lot of things. <laughs> and some of them could still be bad. Okay? Particularly if it's the wrong God whose will I'm following. If you're picking up when I'm laying down a law. Okay? But I cannot be self-righteously arrogant while trying to follow the will of a being whose will is outside of my own will. But yet that's often what you will be called. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of what you're alluding to, right? Yeah. Thank you. So I think I saw somewhere this week, uh, Rush Limbaugh launched his national show. I think it was 34 years ago. Does that sound right? Yeah, it was the first of August, I believe, in 1988. Years ago this week. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. And I I believe the origin of this question, it's just something that stuck out in my mind for a while. I I think it was something that uh, he mentioned in passing where to be able to host that show... You do have to be a little bit arrogant, and I I got to thinking: Are there other are there other um, vocations or other situations? I guess you, you you could say where you need to be a little bit arrogant. Let's let's say you're dry you're you're flying a plane full of passengers. Yep. Through a storm, you need to be arrogant then. 
No, I don't want arrogance. I don't want someone with an outsized see, view of themselves. Yeah, well, I see, want someone with a lot of confidence in their abilities. A, a brain surgeon. See, the confidence. That's the yeah. that's the right answer. Yeah. So I think I think arrogance is, with that definition, and that's the definition you find. I think you can have a high degree of confidence. Sure. And that that does come off as arrogance. It can to some come people, off like that. Yeah. But uh, arrogance is outsized view. No, uh, no, you don't want that in high pressure, high stakes situation. So interesting, uh, interesting conversation. Question number two. If you are stuck in an airport for 24 hours, no way to get out. 24 hours straight, American Air- Airlines says you're, the next flight is in. We can get you out on is in six hours. We're not giving you a hotel voucher. I like six how hours, we just immediately assumed it was America Airlines. Six hours later, they cancel that flight as well. Sorry, there's another one going out in three hours. You got to wait. You're, that cycle continues for 24 hours straight. And you're unable to get away from television screens in the accompanying PA system hooked up to those televisions. Which of these movies or TV shows? Well, these are all just TV shows. Would you most want to be stuck with nonstop? Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh my gosh. Keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh my. Or Don Lemon tonight. Oh my. Oh, I. I it's easy. I, I don't think I can I think. answer this. I don't think I can answer this. I'm dead serious. Well, uh, tell I mean, me. I literally think I might choose death. I mean, I had this happen to me in the Houston airport on my way to the visit the set for Unplanned a few years ago, and our flight got canceled. I had to spend the night in the Houston airport, and that was when CNN was still on all the screens. And it was, it was. It, I mean, I, I literally went to, I went to, I had to go sleep on the floor of a construction zone in the airport because it was, it was, I would have rather have been in Pyongyang than to hear CNN on every screen in this silent airport all night long. I, I am, I'm triggered right now by even this option, but Todd, so Todd, you go first. Well, I think it's easy, but I, 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 I could be wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Cause I've never seen the show. I've seen commercials, but isn't it the Kardashians? Now it's, it's vapid, but you're, it, unless you have issues there in, it's pretty easy on the eyes. You know, if you can just appreciate, uh, the, uh, God's creation, you know, in a totally healthy the dude code way. <laughs> I, isn't that it? But, I mean, the, but then they're going to talk no, but and ruin the whole thing. All right. Is it worse than what Don Lemon is going to say? Uh, well, that no, oh, I can't. It, it, it'll be the same thing that Don Lemon is going to say. Like, is it the same thing? Now, if you want to make the case, it's in a more appealing. Pa- no, I don't know. because I've never watched the show either, but I'm guessing it's basically the same spirit of the age tripe. If you want to make the case, that you would rather hear that come from the booty that broke the internet than from Don Lemon's mortal they, shell, then maybe we could have a conversation, perhaps. Are they really? It's woke lecturing on the Kardashians. Is it really? I don't know. I'm. I mean, I'm just. I'm. I'm just guessing. There's a better chance there is crossover between Don Lemon's audience and the Keeping Up with the Kardashian audience than there is the Steve Dace audience and Keeping Up with the Kardashian audience. Just gonna toss that out there. No yeah, pun on the term. Aaron's making toss, us choose. As we discussed on Aaron, Lemon, Aaron's by the way. making us choose. So I, I, I guess, I, I guess, you know, I'll make a choice. And I guess for the reasons you articulated, I would take my chances and literally my life in my own hands with the Kardashians. 
because the other two, I see no way out. I mean, the other two are yeah. literally, literally, they're shown in hell. Yes. Literally. Like, literally in hell. See, People this, are watching those funny. two programs right now. It's, it's funny. This is... Um, was I tricked? Did you trick us? No, 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 no. It's funny, because that's... <laughs> I that's, feel tricked. That's where I was going to go. That's where I was going to kind of go with this. Um, what is... I, I think... I think why I would not... Why I would reject RuPaul and... And the Kardashians, it, it's like if you were if you were put in a box, okay, and it's suffocating inside the box, but you can't even see out. Can't even see out. You're suffocated with your eyes as well. You know, there's just like no escape from the terribleness that is the Kardashians and RuPaul. At least with Don Lemon, this is why I'm choosing Don Lemon over those two. At least it's a somewhat of a news network, and there's a ticker at the bottom. There's like even if he's even if he's totally representing every 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 uh, everything that I believe and everything that conservatism whatever the heck that is stands for, at least it's like there's some memory of what once was, so some hope of getting outside of that box. With the other two, it's just nothing but darkness. Nothing but darkness. Darkness. Hmm. All right. Before we get to the final question. Reminder, this actually, this is the perfect time to talk about Blaze's new line of socks because we have to introduce a little light into, this was one of, I feel like this is one of the darkest conversations we have ever had is what just went down here. I'm dead. You're only, you're laughing. I'm dead serious. Like whatever's worse than a Kobayashi Maru, like choose which gun that is fully loaded will fire on you right, that's that's huh? that's what this felt like I'm this feeling conversation. a little uneasy that i thought it was an easy choice five minutes ago <laughs> blaze tv uh we had our let's go brandon gear a year ago christmas sweaters and everything else were a big hit now we've got a new line of blaze tv patriotic pro america socks as well all by the way uh made produced distributed right here in the good old us of a my favorite pair is the Klaus Schwab You Will Eat the Bugs. Those are absolutely my favorite pair. Uh, I think those are phenomenal, but there's many others, including uh, Ron DeSantis, the great MAGA king, and more. Uh, you can get them right now uh, at uh, blazetv.com, uh, or I'm sorry, blazesocks.com, blazesocks.com. you think I would just read the website right off the screen, but I'm dumb. BlazeSocks.com is where you can get these. Use the promo code DACESOCKS and you will get 20% off your purchase. D-E-A-C-E, promo code DACESOCKS, and get 20% off your purchase when you go to BlazeSocks.com. These are good quality socks, too. They don't just look cool. They're good quality socks as well. Final question. This is a two-parter. One, what's the four? So in honor of tonight, tonight is the Hall of Fame game. It's the most wonderful time of the year. America's long national nightmare finally over we have some football even though it's drek for 55 minutes of the day uh, of the game what's your forecast for your favorite nfl team and uh, if you were putting money on betting their win totals would you take the over or under uh, detroit is six and a half green bay is 11 and kansas city is 10 and a half um i'll start i guess the forecast i have is i am very concerned they are going to win more games this year than they should and never changed (laughs) it would just be the most detroit Uh, lions thing ever to win seven or eight games screw yourself out of getting cj stroud or bryce young in the next draft pick like 12th okay and then you're left with you know the continue with the jared goff experience or you know do you do you hope that 
you, maybe you draft the next Pat Mahomes because he was picked like 12th, right? By Kansas City, 13th, somewhere there. Yeah, yeah. 12th or 13th. So, and, and that's about where Deshaun Watson was picked, although you hope you maybe. You don't want to terrorize the local, um, you know, physical therapy uh, uh, community there in the, the greater Detroit area by, you know, getting someone of similar uh, um, uh, proclivities. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just the lower you draft, the lower the likelihood you'll hit on a franchise quarterback. That's just the reality. And so um, that's my fear, you know. And but if here's the other thing, though, if I had to bet, I would bet under the six and a half. And here's why. I, I could see this team get off to like a five and two kind of a start <laughs> and Goff gets knocked out for the year because behind him, man. Whoa, Nelly. All right. The the backup quarterbacks behind him, Todd. Stan Orlovsky and run out the back of the end zone again. Uh, Orlovsky would be a dramatic upgrade <laughs> while running out of the back of the end zone over what the Lions have. I mean, we're Todd, we're putting you in. I mean, I, I think you would be an upgrade over Tim Boyle and David Blah. Okay. So I could see like a five and two or four and three kind of start and then Goff gets hurt and then like don't like win another game, maybe the rest of the season. The quarterbacking behind Goff is that bad. So that's why I'd be more inclined to bet the under because I think Goff staying healthy, anybody staying healthy for an entire season this year, this time, you know, these days in the NFL is not high and they don't have anybody that could just win a game or two. They, they don't have that. But I also do fear they'll win uh, more games this year than they should and hurt them, themselves in the draft. I love how the two poles <laughs> of your existence are defined by your two football teams. Like I've watched you like all over the map in terms of uncertainty on Michigan football. You just I can't. And now but, I'm back to being completely but, insufferable, and I love that again. But, but yes. see, because you, but on the because it's not. But on the Lions, it is like I don't it's know physics. It's so saith the Psalms. Yes, it's just <laughs> it, it is. Yes, excellent. Yes, I'm here for this. Uh, Packers are same as it ever was. Um, I'm taking the over on the wins. Uh, we're we're in a uh, relatively uh, weak division. Uh, we have arguably the best quarterback in all of football. He might win another uh, uh, MVP, and then we're going to have a disappointing playoff victory at some point because that's what almost the Aaron Rodgers entire saga and the Packers, by extension, has been. Yeah, win thirteen Over. or fourteen games, lose the first yeah, weekend why, of the playoffs. Why would I expect anything? And it's yeah. going to be it's going to be fun, and I'm not going to be a victim about it. It's just how it is. Over it's, or under eleven wins. I said over. Oh, you said over. Okay, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Kansas City, I'm going to go under 10 and a half. I, I think they'll probably win 10 games. I just think the division they're playing in is going to going to be very, very difficult. We just said yesterday, you just said yesterday, Steve, uh, probably the toughest division in uh, NFL this mm-hmm. year. Um, I, I do think that they'll make the, the playoffs, um, but they're going to be they're going to be good. Um, I'm not sure how good. I'm not as high on them as I have been the last few years, but they're going to be good. They're going to be competitive. I don't really foresee them getting knocked out and blown out all that much. Not that that happens very often in the NFL anyway. All right, we're going to stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.